You sisters know that my skin has been glowing lately, and I'm here to tell you my secret. Oak Essentials. You've heard us talk about their line of luxurious products before, and we're so excited to have them as a sponsor of OK Sister Podcast because now you can join in on the glowy goodness. You know Oak Essentials is legit because it was created by none other than our favorite brand ever, Jenny Kane. Oak Essentials is known for its simple approach to self-care with a lineup of foundational skincare staples made with high-quality ingredients that drive results. It aims to unlock healthy, glowing skin with decadent and hydrating ingredients that give you a luxe, dewy glow. I won't shut up about the Moisture Rich Balm. It's a nutrient-rich balm that supports collagen production and delivers serious hydration for a luminous glow. And a luminous glow indeed. The way my skin feels like butter after applying this balm. This balm will make you never want to wear makeup again. And you can apply generously during your night routine to lock in moisture as you dream. It's the definition of beauty sleep. Treat yourself or someone else this season. You sisters will get 15% off and a free organic honey-based restorative mask with their first order. Oh my God, what a deal. When you use code OKSIS15 at checkout. That's right. 15% off plus a gift with your first order at O-A-K-E-S-S-E-N-T-I-A-L-S.com. Promo code OKSIS15, OKAYSIS15. Go ahead and treat yourself. From luxurious skincare to meaningful self care, you deserve it. Welcome to OKSIS. We are two cultural observers and curious minds who happen to be related. I'm Scout. And I'm Maddie. Get ready for some serious sororal energy as we chat about and comment on one another's current fixation of the week. Ready, ready sisters? sisters? Welcome back to OK Sis. My name is Maddie. And I am Scout. And we are Sisters IRL. And I am jacked up on caffeine. We are jacked up on caffeine. OK, everyone's earbuds just got And guess fucked. what? Oh, what, Mads? It's Tell me. It's Thursday. Oh, my God. Is it a TGI? Yeah. And you know what? We are just feeling generous. We are feeling... We're just giving the people what they want. We're giving them the content they deserve. They deserve in their soul. On a soul fucking level, you deserve a Thursday episode from OKSIS. Okay, so you're wearing your headphones and I literally can't hear you. Oh, I'm so sorry, but it sounds really loud here. I I am aware. You are hyper loud. I'll I'll let you know. I'm trying to... meet match i'm trying to uh overextend myself because i literally cannot hear you so i just want to make sure people can hear yeah people can hear me it sounds great in the headphones okay thanks for being concerned um always concerned about um, the audio levels in this you know audio format oh are you because you fucking blow the speakers up so when i edit the podcast because i do all the editing for some reason and it shows like the levels of volume and it's green yellow red and mads frequently goes into the red and once it goes into the red like you can't salvage the audio like it's shot so you're saying my audio is unsalvageable yeah i've actually sent it to somebody or actually i recorded like i sent someone a clip of me going in the red and it's like you can't salvage it once it's in the red and yours is constantly just hitting that red button you guys i'm just giving you the energy or or quite draining us Uh, well you know what i'm gonna look at it as an energy giver and it's you know the audio is just transmitting through to the listener and they are enjoying it i hope i'm giving you some energy okay well let's talk about the bachelorette 
the bad chat. Wait, let's try to harmonize. Ready? Okay, ready? I don't even know what that means, but let's try. Go. Wait, what do you mean? You don't know what Are you that going means? high or low? Okay, I go high. Okay, ready? Okay, I'll go low. One, two, three. The, the Bachelor. Wait, wait, wait. The Bachelor. No, I have to go high. You have to go low. <laughs> okay, okay, let's okay. try one more time. Ready? The, the Bachelorette. bachelorette. Wow, is that was that was actually, I think, really good. Are we pop stars? <laughs> yeah. Should we come out with a single? Yeah. No. Um, okay, so Taisha is the new Bachelorette because Claire apparently found love. I didn't even know they were filming because of COVID. But So they started filming about a month ago, I believe, and they are doing it kind of like Paradise style where they rented out, I think it's La Quinta resort looking to in no no, no not like no in. not like Quinta in no sorry sorry what is it whatever sandals. it's it. sandals it's no it's in la quinta okay. it's a resort in la quinta they shut it down and they're fil- filming just there at okay. the resort oh talk about stir crazy cabin yeah fever. i mean it's like it's like uh paradise, paradise. so yeah. claire was there i think they had like 42 men and i think they're like still 42 because if any of them did get covid they'd have to replace them with others what if she like loves it's like the last week she like wants to propose to one or wants and one he has and he COVID. Has COVID. <laughs> well she's like i'll get covid for him i know that's like oh a true quarantine romance true. i'll I, get covid for you anyway so you. she apparently found love and refused like a little baby to continue on with the show when i mean it's interesting no, no, no. you know Claire's what she's older she's not fucking around she's not here for fame i understand she's, like, ready to get married but i understand i'm just saying like you know what you signed up for when you went on The Bachelorette. Yeah. And the girls on The Morning Toast had a really good point where they said, like, you think, like, Col- I mean, Colton waited. He knew it was Cassie the whole time. Jo- uh, jo- JoJo knew it was Jordan the whole time. I mean, you know pretty much immediately, well, like, who you're going to choose. Yeah. But listen, and it's just, like, that is the fucking game. Like, you got to pretend like you like the other people until the end. That is what you signed up for, and that's the contract. You can't just, like, decide that you're just going to leave. Like, I'm sorry. And also, and, like, just, like... fuck a few dudes before you get engaged real quick. Yeah, just... Go- I-, I don't know. It just seems really disrespectful to the franchise i mean i'm living for it i'm one i'm so excited Tasha is the new bachelorette and also i'm just living for i'm excited to watch like i'm the only thing that i would say i would say that claire did the right thing in the sense that her intentions were clearly pure that she was actually looking for love however she clearly disregarded potentially and not potentially the amount of money that went into filming that that right. they have to scrap and never use she well, cost no, no, them no. a lot of money no, no no they're gonna use it so they're gonna show us oh and then Tasha's just gonna walk yeah. in. Yeah. No, so they're gonna show <laughs> your face. Oh my god, I thought so they, they were, were gonna, gonna show us reshoot everything. No, 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 no. They're gonna show us Claire's and then Claire is going to deliver Tasha. And apparently they're deliver. actually yeah, De- I, I don't here's, know. Here's here's Tasha on a silver platter Here for you men. Here is Tasha for the men. But apparently, actually, they're going to switch out the ca- the cast because they for Claire's season, they cast it a little older, whereas for Tasha, mm. they need a little younger skewing. And it's kind of annoying because it would be really disrespectful to Tasha if they expected her to go in and try to find love with this this pool of guys because they casted them specifically for Claire. So, like, they do cast based on who the lead is. So, do you think Tasha's going to say, you stay, you stay, you stay? You I don't go, know. I don't know what's going to happen, but apparently they're switching it out. So Hot this damn. is so Tasha's like on. She's already on the island, probably. She's there. She's ready. 
they probably there. said like hey get on a plane tomorrow you're the new bachelorette yeah i think that's how it usually goes where they just they tell you literally day of i think they tell you like on your way to good morning america jesus yeah so um we're here for it we're excited we are so here for it Tisha, she should have been in the bachelorette to begin with i don't know what happened yeah she's gorgeous god damn she's so pretty anyways it's gonna be a great season obviously things are getting shaken up because claire left and covid and fuck 2020 but i hope Tasha finds do you love. think mad james's season is gonna have to be shot in like a quarantine situation like this I think they're going to see how it goes with this one. Yeah. And then, but potentially. Well, I, mean, I mean, it worked. Look, look, Claire found someone. It worked yeah, in quarantine. Yeah. I think they'll probably like, you know, I mean, look, it's going to take what? Three months to film Tasha's season right now. And then it takes a little bit in editing. So this isn't even going to come out for another four months, let's say. Well, it usually comes out January. Yeah. So it comes out January. And then we wait the three months to watch the show. And then they, you know, like, but Matt James is already claimed to be The Bachelor. So they could technically start a little earlier. So the world might be totally different i mean as we know no two days are the same in this in, world anymore in the queue in the yes. queue baby all right well we are stoked as proud members of bachelor nation i am i am so ready for it yeah me too 100 percent. okay um sisters i want to give a little shout out to a nonprofit organization that one of our sisters is a part of and she is looking for volunteers for her project called the Borgen Project. Over the past 20 years, the number of people who are malnourished has been re- reduced by 50%. And more children are in school today than at any time period in history. Global poverty can seem daunting, but success in alleviating suffering is occurring across the globe. To learn how you can volunteer at the Borgen Project and take action locally to help our global community, visit borgenproject.org. That's www. B-O-R-G-E-N-P-R-O-J-E-C-T, which is project.org. <laughs> I don't think I was supposed to spell out project. Sisters, you guys are smart. You know how to spell project. Um, really cool organization, and we hope, you sisters, if you're looking to give back, uh, check it out. Yeah, and we'll have the link in the show notes so you can quickly link or click and check it out. I love this. This is really great. Mm-hmm. Okay, so a little housekeeping. We have a secret Facebook group, OK Sisters, or link in the show notes. Join it. It's popping. You know, like I was, I felt like I hadn't been in there for a few days. And so I just went in yesterday and I was like, hi, sisters. I love you all. Um, just to say hi, because I kind of missed our sisterhood. Don't you feel like, I don't know why, but I think it's because I'm not driving up to LA every week that the format of, and we're doing a lot of Zoom calls, that the format and energy of the podcast is different as an experience between you and me. So I was just like, I feel kind of disconnected from my sisterhood because I don't know why. So I went in and I said, hi, (laughs) anyways, love you guys. And then, um, we have a newsletter that comes out every Monday. You can sign up at okcispodcast.com. All this is in the link in our bio too on Instagram and you can rate, review, subscribe. Woohoo. We need some new reviews guys. It's been a while. If you haven't reviewed us, now is your chance. And if you haven't noticed, I've been posting it on Instagram stories. So if you want a chance to be posted and I'll tag you, if I if I can figure out who you are yeah, from one the reviews. Girl, one girl wrote that she listens to us in her sleep. And I'm like, level of dedication, a hundred. A hundred. Yeah. She's a VIP member of the sisterhood. Truly. You know what? I'm just trying to think, you know, uh, what what have you been manifesting these days? Because I just thought um, that. Dude, a lot. W- yeah, I know. But we're. Oh, actually, I, I do have a little manifestation update. Okay. Um. So in 2020, I manifested a restoration hardware cloud couch, and these are not cheap couches, um, but I was willing 
because of the manifestation, I was willing to make myself go broke as a result. Now, um, I'm moving in with don't, my... Don't do that. Disclaimer. Don't do okay. that. Okay. My, I'm moving in with my boyfriend. Dun, 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 dun. Oh, have I not said you this? You have not told anyone. You are moving in with Benjun. Benjun! Yes, I'm moving Maddie in with the Maddie is an boyf. adult. She is a woman. She's moving in with a man. I'm adulting hard, guys. It's oh like hardcore adulting. Sister. I know. Well, the queue has sped up the timeline a little bit because we were like, you know what? Bless, blessings of the queue. Blessings we, of the queue. Bl- you know what? Blessings, blessings of the queue. Truly. Yeah, for sure. So anyways, we're moving in together. And I was like, this is a great opportunity for me to now finally purchase the big girl couch. And I'm obsessed with this couch. I went to Restoration Hardware, tried it out, found the perfect one I want. And I brought in I brought in the, the man, the man of the hour. Ben oh, he Jim. didn't like it. And I said, this is the couch. And it's a lot of money. How much money? Be the, honest. Well, it depends. There's a lot of configurations, but like the one I wanted was like 5K. Okay. That's a, that's a fucking and decent that's, amount. That's for that's a, I mean, I was going to get a credit card and do it like monthly. Like oh, I, w- that's I could. That's a terrible idea. I don't care. I couldn't. Guys, this is everything <laughs> Maddie is saying. Do not follow this. This is not good advice. Okay, well, listen. Listen. So I manifested it. It was about to come true. I... And I bring him to Restoration Hardware to sit on the couch. And he is like, this couch is garbage. Um, he's like, I literally feel like I'm I'm in a sink, like sink sand. Sink sand? Sink sand? Quick sand. He's like, I'm, I, I am in the couch. I'm not, I'm mm. a part of the couch. Mm. I'm not on it. I'm in it. Mm. I am in the I fluff. am one with the couch. I am one with the couch, which is true. Uh, when we tried Lauren Elizabeth's cloud couch, I was one with the couch. Oh, you were. That's right. Yeah. You, you cannot get up, dude. You can't get up from that couch, wow. which is fine because I love that. I love sinking in. I love being cozy. He was like, oh my God, this is not even a, this is not even a, this is not a seating option. This, <laughs> this is not what seats are for. <laughs> I was like, oh my God, no. But then it did save me a lot of Break money. Break up. So the, the relationship's so, over. Yeah. Oh, we've learned a lot e- about each other during this time. So he, then we went to uh, Ashley Furniture, you know, the next best place. <laughs> I would to. love to see you in an Ashley <laughs> Furniture. Oh, my God. The next, you know, just. Um, you didn't even try like CB2. Well, we went to West Elm and it was all, it was equally $4,000 for this couch that we wanted. And I was oh, like, and okay, probably well, like worst quality at yeah, West Elm. I was like, why would I, ju- I if we're going to like not pay a lot. Money in my mind doesn't really work. I was either gonna pay five k or just like pay a thousand. I'm not gonna yeah. pay. You know what I mean? Like yeah. if it's the dream couch, it's the dream couch. But if, if it's not the dream couch, let me just get something from Ashley that Furniture. Looks good. That looks good. Okay. So we go to Ashley Furniture, which you know is just like obviously the next choice after Restoration Hardware. Okay. Well, first we went to Living Spaces, and Ben sits in this one couch, and he's like, just just so like you have, <laughs> just so that you have like um, reference of what I'm like. And I sit on this this couch, and it's a cardboard. It is a piece of wood that I have sat on. So, and I was like, Ben, are you kidding me? This is so uncomfortable. I'm like sitting up straight like a fucking professor. I'm sitting on a plank of wood. And it's funny because he loves our dad's couches. Our dad just paid, I don't even want to say how much money for this. So uncomfortable. So the most his uncomfortable girl, his girlfriend wants to replace them and he literally just, he bought, just them. bought them and they're the most uncomfortable ben is obsessed ben oh, loves them so ben, so ben doesn't ben want the firm. ac and ben likes firm he we likes have issues firm. here he, we went to go to casper because i was like you know what we're gonna new bed we're gonna splurge on casper i hear oh, it's great oh no 
oh. the uh, the uh, the word of the fucking two weeks has been Cal King. I'm Cal getting King? a Cal King. I'm getting a Cal King. Guess what? Guess what, guys? I got a Cal King. Oh, <laughs> did I tell you what I just purchased? Fucking purchased a Cal King. So that's what I've been hearing. We went all to Casper. I felt like I was sleep. I was laying on a cloud. I was like, this is this is luxury at the finest. And we love luxury. And he was like, I, he's like, I am in the bed. I'm sick. Okay. It's, it's really squishy. I didn't know. And so we were like, do you guys have anything firmer? They're like, oh, that's that's the firmest one we have. And so we had to go. Okay. Naturally, volume levels. Naturally, volume levels. you know where we go next? Sleep and sit. No, sit and sleep. Sit and sleep. <laughs> was this like a whole day thing? Well, it's been, I mean, yeah, we were, well, no, it was a couple of days. We went to, we went to Ashley Furniture. <laughs> we went to, okay, so okay. can you just tell us what you so got? Right, okay, so then we go to sit and sleep and we try Nectar, which is a, it's made by one of the co-founders of Casper and it's much firmer, but, but also good for me. So it was a good okay. medium. So we got, we got Nectar, which is great. And then we go to Ashley Furniture and I find this couch that's like a cloud couch dupe essentially. And he agreed. Oh, wow. Ladies. Okay. It's it's a little like firmer. I, can, I feel like I can breathe now. I that know. story was really so, intense. So you know what? What I'm beginning to learn about moving in with your boyfriend. Compromise. Co- exactly. That's exactly what I was gonna say. You gotta compromise, and you just got to hear the other person out and understand. And that is what we've done. We got a semi-firm mattress and a fake cloud couch that is also semi-firm. And you are blessed. I am so blessed in the QQ. So blessed. So, um, <laughs> that was know, a, I, wow, what yeah, a story. Yeah, what a story. I don't know if people have turned this off, but, you know, <laughs> thanks for sharing. Um, can't wait to see pics of the Cal King. Yes. Um, oh, I was going to ask you, what are you yeah. doing with your new parachute sheets? Did you give them to our stepsister? I gave them to our stepsister. You bitch. And she... You... What? I would have taken them. Well, she paid me for them. Oh. Yeah. Also, you'd have flown out of Queen. Yeah, no, you wouldn't have fit. Well, you would have. You've been able to take everything, but the but the fitted sheet, the fitted sheet, you would have had to go to another one. Ugh. Um, she paid. She paid me, but then we got new stuff for cool. Cupcake. I feel bad because you just bought that parachute. It's I very know. Exciting. It was really exciting, and I I recounted the whole experience on the pod, and uh, no more. Yeah, no, no longer. More. No longer. But you know what? You know what's it's coming up? Coming up. Cocaine. Oh my god. Oh my god. Oh my god. I'm so sorry if you're wearing Air- AirPods. Like I, I sincerely apologize. Please don't send me your medical ready, bills. Ready for the cocaine? Cocaine. Literally, Mads texts me. She goes, "I'm like, what rails. are you doing?" And she's like, "I'm." I'm looking up the Cal King. <laughs> and, then, and then like 10 minutes later, she's like, I purchased the Cal King. And then we're at dinner at my dad's. Guess what I did today? I'm like, what, man? She goes, I got a Cal King. She's so fucking stoked about this Cal King bed. I mean, it's like ridiculous. It's just a grown up move. You know what I mean? You I, get a, I have when a you, queen still. Yeah. When you get it, because we laid in the queen and we were like, um, I was like, I can feel you. And we've been sleeping in a full this whole time. Ew. Uh, yeah. It's like you're literally just sleeping on top of one another. Yeah. And your feet are dangling off. Okay. I'm not even a tall person and my feet are fucking dangling off. That's like a schvitzy mess. Okay, Ooh, let's like get to the point of this real. fucking episode. Okay. Um, bonus episode, sisters. Well, oh wait. Oh, <laughs> are you seriously? You have more? Like there's more coming out <laughs> oh, of you right now? No, what? I just want to tie it all back together. The reason I said manifestation was because I was like, we need to get James Charles on the podcast in 2020. I wrote it down in my manifestation journal. We're not close to that whatsoever. He, he's I think like we impossible are. to find. I think we can do it. His email is, I literally talk with Bill Hader's publicist. I've <laughs> talked with Meryl Streep's publicist for my work. I've talked with Brian Grazer's okay, publicist. Find it. And guess whose email I can't find? Fucking James Charles. Okay, sisters, please help us. We need to get connected to him. Everybody DM him like five times a day. Yeah. We need to, I mean, he needs to just know about us. We, 
we share a sisterhood. Maybe he's like pissed at us. Oh, please. He has no idea who we are. Yeah, but he might be pissed at us. Okay, great. Um, all right. Okay, <laughs> the reason that we have this bonus episode is because we did a pot swap with Aurora McCloslid and for her podcast called Your Best Friends Podcast. Which our episode comes out today. Yes. So once you're done listening to this, go over and listen to that. And we talk um, on this episode we, specifically, we talk a lot about um, her she's an influencer she's a mom but also she just came out as bisexual but she's married she's She's a a, former mormon do you say former more i guess yeah yeah um so there's a lot of topics that we discuss here she's fascinating woman so young but so sophisticated and she just feels really sure of herself like i feel i feel as if she is a really great example of kind of following your own heart and your own intentions and your own belief system. I think she's a really great example of that. So it was super fun to catch up and it was so cute. All of her kids were in the video before we started and, and her husband had to like take them out and they didn't want to leave. It was so cute. Presh. Presh. Well, Truly anyways, precious. enjoy this episode with Aurora and make sure to go check out her podcast and listen to us there. Bye, Bye. sisters. Aurora McCausland is a social media influencer who found her beginnings by mixing her love of photography with a little competition. After declaring that she could get more Instagram followers than her husband, she fell in love with content creation and loves to share her life in creative and relatable ways. During this journey, she started her own podcast and has been hosting Your Best Friends podcast for about a year and a half. Aurora lives in Utah, where she juggles her job and being a full-time mom to two adorable boys and about 17 times that many houseplants. Without further ado, Aurora. Sisters, my goal these days is to always look put together when I leave the house. Nothing over the top or super dressed up or anything like that. I just want to look put together and feel good about what I'm wearing in an effortless yet refined way. When I look at my closet every single morning and think about what I can wear that is chic and intentional, I usually end up grabbing one of my Jenny Kane sweaters and I always end up loving the way I look and the way I feel in them. You all know, sisters, that when I envision my highest self, I am wearing Jenny Kane. Their sweaters are the quintessential must-have item. I cannot stop wearing my Marina set. I throw it on and immediately feel like I'm in a Nancy Myers movie, like I could just walk on the beach in Santa Barbara. It is the coastal grandma aesthetic. My favorite Jenny Kane sweater right now is their everyday sweater in taupe. This is the definition of a staple that every woman must have in their wardrobe. Sisters, trust me on this one. I wear it with leggings, oversized jeans, and a little kitten heel or a silk maxi skirt. Legit, Mads and I are so obsessed with wearing our Johnny Kane sweaters that we've literally shown up both wearing the same sweater once. The white alpaca cocoon crew neck, which is this deliciously oversized sweater. Yeah, that moment takes the cake. Both of us walking in with our matching Jenny Kane sweaters. We're obsessed. Can't take them off. Wearing them every day. The type of staples that save your outfit. That is what I love about their entire collection. It is truly the art of simplicity. They focus on comfort, quality, and timeless designs. So you can curate a wardrobe that never goes out of style. Find your new uniform at JennyKane.com. Our listeners get 15% off your first order when you use code OKSIS at checkout. That's 15% off your first order, J-E-N-N-I-K-A-Y-N-E.com, promo code OKSIS. O-K-A-Y-S-I-S. Let getting dressed be one less thing to worry about. 
Ever since having a baby, I've been extremely conscious about what I spend my money on and which products I use. And clothing is no different. I want my wardrobe to be sustainable, good quality, and timeless. You have to be talking about Whimsy and Row, right? Whimsy and Row is an LA grown, eco conscious brand born out of the love for cute, comfy, and classic styles. Every piece is made by women for women. Quality goods, local production, natural and organic fabrics. Yes, please give me all the linens. Just like OK Sister, Whimsy and Row is based on the idea that women are multidimensional. There's a balance of flirty feminine and minimal masculine in all of our wardrobes, and Whimsy and Row means exactly that. From special occasions to everyday effortless styles, their clothing is meant to mix and match and wear on repeat. I have been wearing their Kira pant in black linen probably three times a week. Sisters, if you've been listening to this podcast or following me on Instagram, you know that Whimsy and Rose Kira Pant in Black Linen is a sisterhood staple at this point. Founder Rachel Temko created the brand back in 2014 because she wanted to create an approachable and inclusive brand that cared for the people and the planet first. Get the full Whimsy experience IRL at their Venice location or shop online at whimsyandrow.com. Their store in Venice is so cute, I can attest. And if you're in LA, I highly recommend stopping by. They are always putting on these amazing community events. They just launched their spring-summer collection, and we will be living in it all summer long. Visit their website, whimsyandrow.com. That's W-H-I-M-S-Y-A-N-D-R-O-W.com and use code OKSISTER for 15% off. Hi. Hello, girl. How are you? Good. How are you? Good. I'm so excited we're doing this. We are so excited to have you. We just witnessed like this adorable family moment right before we started <laughs> recording. Um, you have two adorable boys and they're just like so precious. They're so cute. And I mean, yes. God, the mom life, the quarantine life, the, the full job life, like we're going to get into it all because you're obviously superhuman. Yes. Um, Thank so you. Let's do, <laughs> let's do uh, current fixations. Okay. Awesome. I will start. So my current fixation right now is this body oil by Drifters Organics. It's, I never thought that I needed a body oil. I didn't understand the point of a body oil. Um, I'm obsessed. Every, I put it on my feet, my legs, like all over my body right before I go to bed, like while I'm doing my skincare routine, just to get that extra hydration. And every time I get out of the shower, I put it on as well. Um, I use the well-grounded one. Um, that's like the, they have that in the imaginary picnic. Um, well-grounded is my favorite and it's just a really nice, you know, Mads and I are super into skincare and we spend so much time in our skincare, but then like we completely neglect the rest of our body. So this body oil and I have really dry skin, so it makes sense that I would be using a body oil on the, like on a regular basis. So it's just a really nice extra ritual that I've added into my morning and night routine. And it's just like, it just makes me feel good inside. It makes me feel like I'm nourishing all of me versus just my face. Love it. I, I remember a while I ago, that. I had mentioned body oils to you and you were like, perplexed by the even notion of putting oil on your body. But now you understand, like it is very soothing. It doesn't like feel gross and oily. Like you feel like moisturized and flat and, and smooth. Yeah. There's is a really good brand too. And it's super cute little glass bottle. Like I just love the whole thing. We, I mean, it has to be cute for us to, you know, use it. So, okay. My current fixation. So friends, 
The sisterhood knows that I am a bloated queen forever and always. I am literally never not bloated. And I was on the, uh, you know, this little app called TikTok where, um, you know, I learn all of my trends and all of the tips for anything. And you know what is very funny? There is like a section of TikTok for like constipated and bloated TikTok. There are like lymphatic drainage massages for your stomach when you're bloated. Like, I'm not joking. This is a whole section of TikTok that I'm, obviously it's all over my For You page because I have like embodied the bloated queen. Regardless, there has been one thing that someone said uh, where there is a tea and an ingredient, I guess, called dandelion root. And there's a tea that I got at any, any uh, you know, grocery store, yogi tea, and it's dandelion root. And I think it has like licorice or something else. And it's very, very good for digestion and bloating. So I drink, I've been drinking that every night. And you know what? The bloated is still there because I literally <laughs> have never not bloated. But I do the I do the bye bye blow. Everyone knows I do that. I do calm magnesium in the nighttime, and I do this dandelion root. So who knows if it's working or not? But it does feel good. It does taste very delicious. So maybe if you're just you know looking for some sort of other solution, hit that up. I'm glad that it's working. It's like sort of working. Maybe it's like sort of working. We'll see. But it's good. It's it just feels it. It's just a new ingredient that I've never heard of that helps with bloating. So we're good. Love it. Okay, Aurora, what is your current fixation? So my current fixation is I have been taking the yummiest CBD gummies. Um, I am a big fan of CBD. I have been for years, but I have only ever tried CBD gummies that had like melatonin in them, and so they make you really tired. Mm. And so you can only take them at night. But I found some that don't have any and they don't taste super CBD, but they also don't taste super like fake and fruity. Um, Anyway, they're super convenient. If I was going places, I would be able to just throw them in my bag conveniently and not have to worry about the mess, but I'm not. so, So I just eat them at home. But yeah, I've been loving them. They're from a company called Winged CBD and all of their blends are supposed to be like specifically for women or whatever, but I've been loving them. Yeah, we're we're big on the CBD train over here at Oasis. Yes. It's a it's a staple in my in my routine. That's for sure. Absolutely. Okay, so we're so excited. Obviously, you're a mother, an incredible content creator, and just an all around very soulful person. I feel like that's like the vibe when I look at your Instagram. Thank you. Um, we kind of wanted to, you know, we're gonna get into your life as a mom and all that stuff, but we really wanted to talk to you really openly because you just came out as bisexual and Mm -hmm. it confused a lot of people because you realized you were bisexual after you had married your husband and Mm -hmm. this is such I think a beautiful process to watch someone go through to really come into their own and really connect with a layer of themselves that they weren't they didn't know was there so we would love to talk to you kind of about this sexual awakening and that you really kind of understood yourself more so can you tell us for those that might not know you or seen your your YouTube video or your Instagram kind of the process you've had with your sexuality and the journey you've had and and how it makes you feel right now? Yeah. So, um I grew up in a very religious household. Um and I feel like as is a theme with very religious households, um I was taught growing up that homosexuality was a sin and all of that lovely 
religious stuff. Um, so I honestly didn't even like consider that it could be an option. You know, it was one of those things that like sinners were gay and, and we're not sinners. So like, you know, that just wasn't even in the realm of possibilities. Um, and I never considered it until I was like a fully grown adult. I met my husband when we were babies. Um, he was 18 and I was 19 and we got married within a year of meeting each other. So yes, I know. (laughs) Um, we, uh, which is very common, honestly, in Utah. So it's, it didn't feel surprising at the time, but now whenever I mention it, I'm like, yeah, so (laughs) I did that when I was 19. Um, but yeah, so we got married and, um, I think I started to realize that I like could be attracted to girls in college. Um, I had a roommate that I had been friends with since, high school. And, um, I think there was this, I mean, I guess this is just not like a common theme for everyone out there. Um, but I know a lot of people who like me, like didn't really understand their sexuality in high school, had those friendships that they didn't realize were like kind of crushes. So we're still really tight now. She'll probably listen to this. So if you're listening, What's love you, girl. <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah, we're still really good friends now, but we both kind of, we're both bisexual and we both came out much later. And I think we both kind of had this like very unspoken crush on each other, but we didn't realize that that's what it was because we both grew up super religious. Um, and then we were, uh, college roommates and yeah, we ended up having a Valentine's day party and we played spin the bottle and we kissed. And I was like, interesting that I am feeling this way (laughs) right now. Um, So yeah, it kind of just, that's kind of how I started to realize, but uh, I still felt very much like repressed, like repressed, I repressed that part of myself until I had been married for like probably a year. I kind of want to ask a little bit about, the confidence that you had, or, or maybe that's not the right word, but, you know, growing up very religious and having these, um, principles kind of ingrained in your head, like how did, how could you come out of that? Like how, how were you able to maybe erase some of those prejudices and biases that you grew up with and you know it was implicit within yourself that you were supposed to even hate that part of yourself or think it's a sin so how did how did you come to terms with it and really embrace it and celebrate it yeah for sure so I think a big part of it is that I didn't really recognize that in myself until my husband and I had left the church that we grew up in so we both grew up super religious in the same church and about a year after we got married we we kind of realized that we didn't believe that. And it just wasn't something that we personally felt was right for us. And we felt happier when we were not practicing that lifestyle and going to that church. And so we stopped, um, and kind of around when I, like, I did a bunch of research. It was a really, you know, big thing for us because both of our families are very religious. Um, and most of our siblings are, 
we also both come from massively huge families. We each have eight siblings. So, um, it's like this huge family theme. Um, but yeah, so we, when we left the church, it kind of gave me this opportunity to question a lot of things I had grown up thinking were true. So like my sexuality, I kind of, um, you know, was able to recognize those instances and been like, okay, so I think that that means that I'm not straight, but also I'm very attracted to my husband. So I don't think that I'm gay. And so through that and like kind of that entire process of, um, yeah, leaving the church and questioning everything and kind of rebuilding like the foundations of what I believed and like who I was, I guess, was how I was able to come to terms with that. That is such, I mean, that's such a transformative process to go through, especially at such a young age to completely Mm -hmm. question the reality that you've been given at birth, the reality you've been taught and understanding that you can construct reality in, in the way that you want to. I'm going through something very similar, not in a religious sense, but just in a philosophical or mindset sense, I would say. Was any, what, talk about the fear that might have come up during those moments and, and, and how you stuck to what your intuition was telling you versus what you had institutionally learned. Um, I think it's something that I'm still unlearning. Like I spent two decades growing up a certain way, learning something, you know, and it's so ingrained in every aspect of your life. There are, you know, within the church, I grew up in very specific rules and guidelines that you have to live with like every single day from what you wear to like, I wasn't allowed to drink coffee. Like there are such strict rules growing up that it kind of was overwhelming when I first left the church and it was trying all these new things and, but also feeling like a lot of guilt around them. Um, and so there are some aspects of it that really don't feel that way anymore that I feel like I've completely replaced those aspects of my life with new things. Like I don't give a damn if I drink coffee now, it is like second nature. I have like five cups a day. Um, and same, like I unwind with a glass of wine, like every single night, like those things no longer feel, um, like wrong or shameful, but I think there are a lot of like the more systemic things that I still constantly have to unlearn, like, you know, homophobia and racism. And there are just so many layers of that, that I feel like are such subconscious layers that I'm still having to unlearn those. So, you know, I'm curious to know what forms your sexuality takes now. If you're comfortable speaking about that, I know that in your YouTube video, you mentioned that you have never had sex with a woman. And that's something that you'll probably Mm -hmm. not do because you're married and it's does, you know, coming out as bi does not invalidate your, your marriage. It is just a a part of you. So I wonder kind of like, what are you going to do about it? (laughs) Um, that's honestly one of the biggest questions that I've gotten because people are like, okay. And like, (laughs) like you're bisexual, but you're married to a man. So like, what does it even matter? Um, and I think, I mean, cause truly it doesn't really change a lot except for like how I feel about myself because I, I knew that I was, I've known that I've been bisexual for a while 
And I came out to my husband and close friends like a year or so ago. Um, but it was one of those things that coming out publicly and just kind of stating that and being like, Hey, this really doesn't change any aspect of my life. Like, unless heaven forbid something were to happen to my husband, like I'm going to be married to him until the day we both die. And so I don't anticipate like ever being with a woman and that's fine with me, but it's just nice to be able to, um, I don't know, kind of like not, I guess like live my truth and like realize that that's an aspect of who I am. And also I feel like as someone who has a platform, even though it's not that big, but having a platform, I feel like it's important to, you know, be open and honest about those things for other people. And I, after I came out, got so many DMS from women who were just like me, who were like, you know what? I, also realized that I was bi after I got married to a man and, you know, I'm married and I love him and we have a bunch of kids, but like kind of in the same situation as you. And so it's nice to see kind of that representation and, um, yeah. And to see that it's like kind of a weird situation. And a lot of people will say like, well, it doesn't matter. And you know, why make a big deal about it? But I think that it's really important to, I don't know, show that it's more common than you think. And I think a lot of people, expect bisexual people to be in relationships with people of the same sex in order for their sexuality to be valid. Yeah, that's, I mean, there's so many things to unpack there, right? Like people wanting to like say, well, now aren't you going to leave your husband and like invalidate your husband? And then there's also the lay of your, of your husband and you feeling really secure in your relationship and knowing that just because you have this fluidity in your sexuality has nothing to do with the fact that you guys chose each other as life partners. So how is your, I mean, your husband is clearly a very strong, confident man. How mm -hmm. has he kind of held space for you during this, during this process and, and also not felt as if, oh, my wife's going to leave me for a girl because she's bisexual, which is like what people's minds unfortunately go to immediately. Yeah. So what's funny is he kind of realized that I was bisexual before I did and never really fully like said it, but there was definitely this, um, like we would have these conversations and we would like joke to each other and he would insinuate that he knew I was bisexual and I would insinuate that yes, I was bisexual, but we never actually said it for a long time. And so, um, when I finally told him, it was kind of like, okay. And like, <laughs> we've been new, like <laughs> what's the news? Um, so he's never really felt threatened. And I honestly feel like he takes it more as like this badge of pride. And he's like, you could be with women, but you choose to be mm. with me. So like, <laughs> wow, what a mensch. We love him. Yeah. We I know him. he's truly the best. I love that. Yeah. So there's, I mean, I mean, it's incredible just to see also you stand so strong in your power. Like for some reason, I think people get really um, threatened when someone is other than something that's supposed to be like straight. Right. And so just because you are attracted to women doesn't mean you're going to leave your husband for another woman just the same way as just because you're attracted to men doesn't mean you're going to leave your husband for another man. It's the yes, person exactly. you've fallen in love with. Mm -hmm. That's interesting. Yes. Do you, that. so you mentioned, um, you have this following, obviously you're a content creator. This is your full-time job. Um, talk a little bit about why you felt this need 
to share this aspect of your life because um, obviously as an influencer, you do have to, you kind of, people expect you to give every part of yourself, but why, why was it super important that this was something that you shared with your community? Yeah. So honestly, it was more just that again, even though my life hasn't really like the way that I live my daily life hasn't changed since I came out, I have felt like lighter. Like I have felt like I'm truly showing up as myself. And even though I'm not like posting about being bisexual on Instagram all the time, I just truly feel like there aren't these like hidden layers of myself. Like obviously there are always going to be some things that I keep private because that's my business. But when it comes to something like that, I feel like I'm not I don't know. I just feel like I'm truly myself. And so I feel like coming out always felt like this kind of, I don't know. It was just something that I didn't talk about in like the space, like the LGBT space. I just never mentioned that or talked about it. And I feel like that's something I wanted to be able to participate in and say like, Hey, I am like here at the table (laughs) and like, you know, and I'm, not just an ally. I don't know. It like, I could have been content my whole life, probably being just an ally, but I wanted to be able to have that representation and also just really feel free. And so I truly feel like free, like now that I've posted it. What would you say? Because I think that this is really critical beyond sexuality, right? When someone comes out to the world with something that feels vulnerable but feels so authentic to who they are and they want that freedom and they want to stand really in their power and say no this is who I am it might look weird to you or this or that what would you say to someone who's listening who is debating whether or not they should come forth with a piece of information or an identity aspect of themselves or even a lifestyle choice um, that they feel they might have to explain themselves or might not get the best results or are afraid what would you say to them So I would say to start small, you don't have to come out to the whole world with whatever the, whatever it is. Um, just come out to the people that you trust or, you know, just pick like one person. So obviously for me, it was my husband. I, you know, kind of, the thing is we didn't even have like a real conversation where I came out to him. Like I kind of mentioned it and he was like, oh yeah, that makes sense. Um, but I would say to start small and find people that, you know, are going to support you. And even if it is like, if you feel like you don't have someone in your family or friend group, that's going to accept that someone online that, you know, is going to support that just so you can tell someone and you can get into that practice of like stepping into who you are and knowing like, and knowing yourself and knowing your worth before you make those steps to come out to other groups of people. And I also think it's okay to come out to people in stages. Like I, um, came out to my husband and then I, you know, posted on like my personal Instagram account, um, like shortly after and was like, Hey guys, I'm bisexual. Have a great day. And, you know, and so I was able to do that in stages to where when I did post on my Instagram, it didn't feel as like heavy, like it didn't feel quite as big. I love the way you came out too. You said, hi, I'm bi happy pride. month." <laughs> I just feel like I didn't really have a lot else to say on this subject, you know? And you shouldn't also have to explain yourself, which is kind of a really frustrating Mm -hmm. thing about, um, 
people who are part of the LGBT community is that there is this like insane pressure and stress that, that comes with having to come out. Like the fact that straight people don't have to have that type of worry or challenge in their life is, is very interesting. So like, you know, when, when someone comes out as bi, we always want some sort of explanation or like, okay, give us a story. Like, where did this come from? But that's not, Mm -hmm. you know, we don't, no one owes us that. So it's really interesting. How cool Mm -hmm. would it be? How cool would it be if we lived in a world where like every single person had to come out and they like had to go through life experiences? Yeah. Well, did you see that movie? Did you watch that movie? Love Simon? No. So he's uh, a gay kid in high school. And essentially there's a scene in the movie where he's like, oh, this is so annoying that I have to come out. It's like, so, you know, whatever. It's like, what if, what if straight people had to come out? It like flips it. And it's all these like straight kids being like, mom, I'm straight. And they're being like, no, like it's so great. It's just, if when you flip it, you're like, holy shit, it is kind of ridiculous that we have this like insane, you know, it's like a new identity and it's like an unraveling where, no, it's like, this is just who you are. It's always who you've been. Um, I really love that. So I, I do want to touch on you being a mom, because I think that is, you're obviously a very young mom. Uh, you got married very young. I think obviously that probably had to do something with, um, with your religion. So I want to know more so like, how do you plan to talk to your sons about this? Or how do you plan to, uh, teach them about sex? Because you obviously, or I'm not, I'm, I don't want to assume, but it seems like you grew up with like little to no sex education. And that's probably not what you want to impart onto your kids. So how are you going to approach that when the time is right? Yeah. So I truly had no idea how sex worked until I got married. Oh. And that is not how wow. I want. <laughs> yeah. That's not how, well, I mean like shortly before I got married, but didn't, I didn't know anything. I was very surprised by a number of things. And so that's just not what I want for my kids. Um, we try really hard to be, I mean, my kids are really young, so I have a three-year-old and a 10-month-old. So they're not at an age yet where they're asking questions, but um, I feel like what's important at their age is to make sure that they have, um, like there's representation um, in their life. So they are, I don't want them to ever see someone who's gay and think that that's weird. Like I want that to just be normal. Like they're just a person Um, and so, you know, I try to like, one of my favorite things is when he, when my oldest son turned two or maybe one, I can't remember. One of my friends got him the cutest book. It's called a day in the life of Marlon Bundo. And it's a book about gay bunnies and it is the cutest kids book in the world. And it's one of his favorites. And we read it all the time. And it talks about like how, you know, basically you can love whoever you want and it doesn't matter what other people think or what their rules are. Like you love who you love. Um, and so I've tried to find little ways like that to just make sure that they're, you know, there's that representation. Um, his godfather is also gay. And so whenever he is dating someone new, he brings him by, we, you know, have no qualms with them being affectionate with each other because we want him to see that that's normal. We want him to see that, like love is just love and you love who you love. And it doesn't really matter as long as everybody is happy and healthy and consenting. And then we do also try really hard to make sure that he understands 
consent and how his own body works. Um, I think growing up really religious, there was a lot of shame around my own body and around sex and sexuality. And so we don't, um, we don't use any like dumb pet names for body parts (laughs) because I, I think they're dumb. And so, you know, he's very aware of what everything is called. And we also, you know, set those boundaries, you know, so, you know, we try to discuss, um, consent and things like that. He has another really great book that his, um, nanny got him called feminism for boys. And it's the cutest little book. And there's like a whole, like a couple pages on it that talks about like, if someone asks you not to touch them or to leave them alone, you know, no means no. And you have to leave them alone. Um, so we're trying really hard to instill those things in him because I feel like as a mother of boys it is really my responsibility to make sure that they don't grow up to be a stupid boy <laughs> and that he like learns all of those things. Absolutely. Oh, that is so rad. I remember also just like providing in that space, safe space. I remember we were in the car when we were younger with Mads, my mom and dad, and Maddie just says, what's masturbation? And I got really quiet because I knew, but Maz was pretty young. And my mom and my mom just said, oh, it's when someone sexually pleasures themselves by themselves without another human being. And Maddie was like, oh, okay, thanks. And then we just like kept going with our day. And it was so, I love it that. was so great that Maddie felt comfortable. I mean, I don't know if she knew it was a sexual term, but then after m- my mom explained it, like it was a very comfortable situation for all of us. Yeah. I think it's really important to just not put like all the shame on that. Like it's a normal thing. Like we always tell him like, you know, oh, well your penis is for private. So, you know, it's as long as you are young, <laughs> um, it is, you know, if like, cause he's a, he's a young boy, he will touch it. And he's like, what is this? And so I'm always like, oh, well that's for, you know, if you're by yourself, like don't, don't touch it in front of other people. Cause that's inappropriate. But like, I'm trying really hard to not let him think that there's like shame around that. Absolutely. Okay. So we want to transition to talk about your podcast, your best friend's podcast, which is just such a great name. First of all, um, we're going to be on it right after this. So we're so excited. Um, so tell us a little bit about why you transitioned into the podcasting space. What makes you, um, what is the podcast about? What can people expect? All the things. Yes. So um, the podcast actually used, I used to have a co-host, um, but that did not work out and I still really wanted to do it. So I kind of transitioned over to doing it by myself, which has been a very different experience, but it's been a lot of fun. Um, so it's a lot of interviews. I try to have as many like diverse people on as possible. And we just talk about like everything. Um, I recently had my friend, Sarah, the birds papaya on, and we talked all about body positivity and that whole movement. And that was incredible. Um, I had a bunch of people on for pride month, which was a lot of fun to get to talk about that. Um, yeah. So it's really just a lot of like everything. Um, and it's so much fun. I truly think it's my favorite medium. Um, like I prefer it over Instagram and YouTube and TikTok, maybe not TikTok, <laughs> I don't know, <laughs> but like, I, I love it. It's so much fun to be able to connect with people on such a more personal level than you can just over like Instagram or YouTube. And it's, yeah, it's been so much fun. I, I love podcasting. Uh, yes, we are here for it. So every, all the sisters, you have to check us out on your, your podcast. We'll like figure yes. all that good stuff out. 
Um, okay, so we love wrapping up all of our conversations with this beautiful question. If you could brag about anything that you've accomplished in your life and don't be humble, what would you brag about? I am a really, 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 really good cook. Like a really good cook and I love cooking and I love baking. So I would say that I would, I will brag till the cows come home about how good of a cook I am. Uh, we're, <laughs> we're coming over for dinner post quarantine. Perfect. <laughs> Perfect. Come over whenever. Okay. Let we'll everybody know something. where they can find you and your podcast and all that good stuff. Yes. So my podcast is your best friends podcast. Um, you can find us anywhere the podcasts are. And my Instagram for the podcast is your best friends podcast. Um, I am on Instagram as Aurora McCausland. My last name is spelled M-C-C-A-U-S-L-A-N-D. Um, and then it is the same handle for TikTok and YouTube. Oh, love it. Follow us on TikTok too. We will be TikTok buddies. Oh, yeah. I love yes, it. Yes, I totally will. Okay, and you can find us at OKSIS Podcast. Thanks, sisters. Thanks, sisters. Hey there, I'm Dr. Tracy Dalglish, clinical psychologist and couples therapist. If there's one thing I know from both my personal and clinical experience, it's that we are really good at comparing ourselves to others. We tend to get stuck in the unhelpful narratives that play on repeat in our minds, and we struggle to set boundaries and create healthy love. Each week, I bring you clinical knowledge and evidence-based research, experiences of sitting in the therapist chair, and being a wife, mother, and business owner to talk about everyday issues we all face to help you you change the dialogue in your life. Tune in every Thursday to I'm Not Your Shrink wherever you listen to podcasts. While I'm not your shrink, I am still human and I'm excited for us to be in our vulnerability and humanness together.